0: The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on -on One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One-on-One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo.
1: Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Tuesday, February seventh, twenty twenty three. Listeners, please welcome adult performer, erotic artist, and documentative performance artist, Chorus De Silva. Welcome, Chorus.
2: Wow! Thank you for having me.
1: It's great to have you on. I'm really excited to chat with you. I'm glad uh, we've sort of reached out to each other and we're making this happen.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Definitely. Okay, so let's start off with some simple questions, some sort of like stats-like questions. Uh, what's your height and weight?
2: I'm 5'11", and I think I'm around like like 165. What's your ethnic background? I'm an Apache, Native American, and African
1: American. What's your zodiac sign? Virgo. And how old are you?
2: I'm 31.
1: All right, let's get to know a little bit about your life before becoming a performer. Where are you originally from?
2: Um, I'm from San Francisco. Um, I was actually born... I was actually born in, in Atlanta, Georgia and I moved to San Francisco Ended I was like Stella toddler like 3 or 4. Oh, well, that's and, what's up. Yeah. Um yeah, so just you know, like, regular like Bay Area kid grew up. Like surfing and skating a lot. Um, ended up, yeah, I, I mean I I pretty much have been like pretty athletic my whole life. Um I ended up getting into fine arts and, like, a lot of creative endeavors within, like, fine arts and music um, when I was still very young and up studying those things. Yeah. Very
1: nice. It's interesting yeah. how uh, your sort of life... is is the opposite, in essence, of what happened to me. Because I was born in Los Angeles, but we Mm -hmm. ended up moving to Miami. So it's interesting. You went from one coast to the other. I did the exact same thing when I was younger as well. So that's really interesting. So discussing sort of like your life pre-industry and sort of like talking about you... And, and your upbringing and growing up and that sort of thing. Let's get into what exactly was going on in your life before you decided to venture into uh,
2: adult, into the adult industry. Yeah, for sure. So I ended up uh, going to undergrad on the East Coast for uh, art history and studio art. And studying like photography, um, video performance art, things like that, And that's actually kind of how I got my foot in Um, just meeting a lot of like-minded people in those specific spaces. Um, I ended up meeting a former performer who shot a lot at kink.com. I don't know if you remember that website called The Upper Four. Yes.
1: Yeah, it was a part of kink.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, this person was over there during the same time I was and. And the way that it worked is, you had to get like a like a private invite in order to attend the upper floor. And so, I was able to get on the invite list. So when I came back to California, I was I was living in Boston before that. That's where I was studying at. I came back to California to go to grad school, and um, I ended up going to those events I, at the Armory when they were still around. And it was cool. It was like I never. I had never experienced anything like that before like it was just live action BDSM, and, and I, it was you know like you're you're at an actual like shoot as a guest and you're and you're able just to be a voyeur, and you're able to like participate too like at the circumstances of and so i I was going to those like quite often they would happen like every other week or something, and they were just a good time like really uh unique place to take like dates and stuff too and it was it was pretty bomb like you show up, you sign a release form, and they have like, um, like a dinner situation. There's like, there's like food, and then like, there's like a wine bar and all this, and yeah, it was awesome. And like, it was just, it was like a very like, it like like the experience like from like viewers looking in, it it could appear like super chaotic, but like the environment was actually like very very like mellow and classy and very respectable. Like everybody was always so respectful and just like responsible too so like um it definitely being in that environment changed like my perspective on like the kink space and community you know and so um so like I was I I was like going to those like for like a straight year and then um one of the hosts at the time um like like cornered me once like, in, like, a non-aggressive way, but it was definitely, like, a corner. And he asked me if I would be interested in applying to shoot at kink. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Thought about it. And, like, I, and by then, I had met, like, so many people in the industry, you know, just being back in San Francisco and, like, going to those events. And so I sent in an application, and um, it just, like, sort of took off from there.
1: That's really interesting. That's quite a story. You know, yeah. I feel like a lot of people... You know, they get they experience sort of like the very generic thing. You know, whether you get like you're out on the streets and you get approached by somebody, or you know, they they're fans of the industry and so they go on and they apply and that sort of thing. Like your mm-hmm. story is is very specific and it's incredibly fascinating.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, this is just literally just word of mouth and. Uh... Just being around i mean you know i was I went to art school, so like a lot of the communities and, and um institutions like that are already pretty like unconventional and like you know i guess like they attract a lot of like weirdos and freaks and alternative people and like i had I had literally had no experience or any like any kind of like element of like of, like, kink, you know, like, even when I was, like, consuming porn myself, I wasn't watching things like that, you know, but, um, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, in total, how long have you been in the adult industry?
2: So, this was, like, eh, like, 2013, like, mm, like, eight eight nine years on and off, you know, Okay. And um, I got so like, I, I was always super into just photo and video, and I had been doing. I had I had like a few like, professional studio shoots under my belt. Well, like several of them. And then, you know, the work for like male talent isn't very consistent, you know. And this was sort of before like the whole um, self shooting like online like industry started to really pop off, and like one day you know. I uh I started to make my own I, I one day I decided that like I wanted to make my own content with just like other performers that were like in my area and I don't know, one day I was just like, you know what, like I have the technical skills to do this myself, I'm gonna just do this myself and I'm gonna actually and like I have the capability of making it better, you know. So um I got really into just like self production and that's something that I still really enjoy. And I like putting, like, a cinematic, like, artistic spin on these things now.
1: Very nice. I mean, clearly, because, you know, you have an artist's eye, you know, mm-hmm. there is sort of like like a je ne sais quoi about, like, what you're trying to do, because you have sort of like that distinctive eye. You have that vision.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. I really try to uh, communicate that, too, just visually.
1: Definitely, yeah. I mean, anybody that sort of peruses your Twitter, I mean, there is a really incredibly strong seductive eroticism in anything that you do.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate that. And, like, um, I started to get, like, more encouragement to be making things like this when I started just exploring more of um, just, like, the porn world and, like, different production companies, too, like, you know, I became like a really big fan of Four Chambers out in the UK and like uh, Less Cinema over in Europe as well. And I actually have worked with those people in the past too. So yeah, um, I, st- I like stopped really paying attention to like performers and more just put like the actual producers, like um, um, the um, producers and uh, the directors too, um, reading a lot of their media studies. Making some media studies of my own, communicating with them online, um, yeah, just trying to make the best of the best content that I possibly can, with just like my own hands. So:
1: Absolutely. Now let's <laughs> yeah. talk about the first time you were on set as a performer. So you mentioned mm-hmm. how you got in the industry, how you were approached and you applied and that sort of thing. And you had been going to the upper floor at, you know, this um, I don't know what they called it, like, you know, the the big kink warehouse. Yeah, it was called
2: it was called the armory. The armory. Back yeah, it's yeah, back
1: when it was in uh, Folsom, right?
2: It was yeah, uh in the Mission District of San Francisco like I, I mean, it was, a few blocks, a few streets down from Folsom, but, like, in that general vicinity have yeah, the show.
1: Yeah, so the original property, that mm-hmm. massive property. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: s- so what was that first time as a performer like for you?
2: Um, it, was, it was pretty intimidating, I'm not going to lie, because it was a gangbang. Oh, okay. I think it was, oh, like, they threw you I into, think, like, the deep end I of think, the pool yeah so like (laughs) apparently apparently like that's that's super common and like mainstream too like if you're like new if you're like fresh male talent they'll just like throw you to the wolves and just put you in like a gangbang situation and i feel like uh i feel like the strategy behind that is to figure out like it's just to see like how a person will respond in such an intense like environment like that so it's just like are you going to be able to form around a bunch of other dicks type thing? That's just, like, my opinion, but it makes sense, like, in a logical standpoint, if you really think about it, you know? So, like, uh, yeah, it was, like, there was me and, like, I think five or six other dudes, right? And, um, I actually, I flopped pretty bad. It, like, it like wasn't very successful because... Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, it, nothing, like, bad happened. I just had problems staying hard, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, I think, I mean, but the shoot was still, it was still great. Uh, the people were very supportive. It wasn't, there wasn't any like shaming tactics or anything. It wasn't like, it wasn't like ultra, like, like ultra, ultra stressful. It was just, you know, the very first learning curve, you know, and it encouraged me a lot to actually re- reach out to like older, more seasoned performers just so I can like learn all the tricks you know, so, um, it was still something I won't forget, it was, you know, when you take it back. Totally, yes,
1: yeah. so, your life before that, uh, you know, you were a creative, you know, and you mm-hmm. are an artist, uh, you and meant you mentioned that, I mean, you did watch porn, so mm-hmm. what I want to, what I'm kind of curious to ask, what I want to ask you is, uh, had porn ever crossed your mind as something that you were curious to try? Was it really just being in that situation and and getting that offer, you know, or being questioned? You know, had you ever thought about doing it, this, that, or the other? Was that really what inspired you to venture into this arena? Or was there at all, you know, a tiny, you know, twinkle of a thought in the back of your mind about or curiosity of uh, the adult industry?
2: I definitely think that's something I considered before, um, because I started, like, meeting people in the industry before I'd even, like, like dabbled in it. And, like, I had dated a few um, female performers when I was still, like, a civilian. <laughs> so, and, like, so the conversation had always come up, like, every once in a while, just, like, the idea you know so i always knew it was something i wanted to try mainly like i think originally it was something that i wanted to try just like as like like a like a notch on my belt like okay like a bucket list type thing oh like i want to be in a porn production type thing but i also just wasn't really sure on how like that industry even really worked i didn't know like it could like be like a a, like a career thing you know
1: Let's talk about your porn name. I always feel like a name in the industry, a name Mm -hmm. that you select for yourself, is incredibly important. Yours Mm -hmm. is incredibly unique, which, you know, I have to give props to you for that, because, uh, you know, uh, no shade to other performers, but I feel like at times names can sound very generic. So how did you come up with your performer name?
2: Oh, okay. Well, Cora's is actually an anagram from my government name, so it's just it's just, like, my real name, but the the letters are rearranged. And um, the Silva, I always just really, really enjoyed that name. And, like, the history behind, like, what Silvas were. They were, like, craftspeople of Spain. Um, so I guess that's where that came from.
1: Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's incredibly unique. So you mm-hmm. you picked a good one. hmm Yes. How would you describe your fuck style? How would you describe your style of fucking as a performer in the industry?
2: My style, uh, I'd say, very sensual and hardcore, but more emphasis on the word sensual because I like I like my performances to still feel real, you know, and not like completely just like dramatic in Hollywood. And that's another reason why. I really, really enjoy, like, self-shooting, too, because like I can still, like, deliver, like, that aspect of just, like, real sex.
1: Totally. In, in your opinion, yeah. what goes into uh, you shooting your own content? Like, what goes into the creation of, uh, you know, sort of, like, the ideal
2: scene in your head? Um. Mm. Well, I think it has to start with like my same partner. Like I actually I actually really strategically like go through like a process of who I shoot with. Like I, I, I specifically take people who have who share like similar values with me and I actually spend a lot of time getting to know them before I decide to shoot with them. It's not like um like conventional mainstream set like like set life. It's not like I just show up and it's just like some man in person. So, like I try to like make I try to make like a really formal, genuine bond with the person. I'll like uh, meet up with them in person. Uh, uh, you know, we'll like go on a date or something. Um, typically, we'll have like more than a few things in common, um, and, and like they, you know, there's a there's like a really big formal discussion that happens before. And just about everyone that I've shot myself, like I've actually really good friends with games. So. Um but I guess when it comes to the actual action of shooting, like you know, I make sure the environment's like very low pressure. Um there's you know, I try to shoot with mm, two or three cameras at a time and I have there's lots of breaks in between. Um there's we establish like safe words ahead of time. Um uh, I don't know if you have any other follow-up questions to that. I could probably answer a little bit better.
1: Well, I, what I would like for you, as you've been kind of doing right now, it's sort of like taking the listeners into, like, sort of like, <clears throat> what am I trying to say? You're kind of breaking down what it's like to shoot, you know, an adult scene, you know, to create your content. So if you want mm-hmm. to continue sort of like going into – the um the, the just almost the mundane stuff that you have to do to prep for a scene to oh, or okay. or doing or shooting the scene you know to make sure that it's the proper product that you want to put out there you know i've seen your work you know as you mentioned you know there's an intensity in there but there is a lot of sensuality and eroticism so i'm just wondering how you get that, you know, that perfect scene, the one that, you know, that you sort of envision in your mind before you even start, you know, pressing the record button? Uh,
2: I mean, when you, when you ask me that, I just think about, like, obvious, like, buzzwords that I value a lot, so I always try to, uh, have, like, clear-cut communication. I think that's the number one, you know, like, um, magic potion that comes with creating any kind of successful scene. And there has to be a trust bond there. And I mean, I'm not really sure. I mean, I think, I think, I think like, like my shooting style just comes from um, the way that I was classically trained and um, use, with using cameras and just being able to compose like, shots and and i don't know preparation um make sure i'm no well rest- uh well rested um not you know not consuming too much caffeine ahead of time um i don't like the scenes to feel rushed I, I like to make them i like i like for them to feel like completely organic and just like i don't it doesn't i don't know i feel like when i shoot one-on-one with somebody else it doesn't really feel too much like a shoot per se um. yeah uh, and like a lot of the magic also happens with just like my editing style too so.
1: totally yeah 100% that's really where your vision yeah. comes to life yeah. you know because you're an artist and at the end of the mm-hmm. day you have that artist's eye that a lot of other you know uh, directors producers don't necessarily have in the industry I mean there are a lot of you know directors and producers that are shooting porn but they shoot porn you know they're they're shooting it with sort of like their minds eye looking at it as just porn and you're filming your own content through the eyes of an artist so you're looking at it differently i don't know if you would agree but that's just sort of my take on it
2: i mean i do but it also it also makes me question sometimes when people even masturbate to my shit you know, because, like, I put so much artistic in- integrity into it that I'm not even sure that it's, like, gross enough, like, if <laughs> that makes sense, you know what I mean, like, it's like, I don't know, the angles that I like, they're not really close, to- there's, there's there's not me closest to, like, genitalia, really, um, I don't know, I kind of like, I, I like, I like my scenes to really just play out as, like, narratives almost, and just, like, it, like, just really witnessing an experience, and not really, they're not I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know. If this is bad to say, but like, they're not really shot with the intention of somebody just getting off immediately. I kind of want people to appreciate just like the visual language, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I should probably write that down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was. It was good. Who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? I'm not necessarily asking for like a top ten list or. Anything like that, just, or, or like your most, most, most favorite, but just in general, who have been some of your favorites to capture on film and uh, to perform with?
2: Um, my favorite, oh, I really, I really love shooting with Mocha Puff. Um, she's this really fantastic, mainly like solo performer, constant creator that's in the Bay Area. That was, like, a really, really amazing, fun time. Like, it's, like, the chemistry was just amazing. And, like, she's also just, like, a really great person and a really influential, like, creator. Like, very bubbly and positive and super about community. Um, so I, I encourage anyone who doesn't know who she is to check her out. Uh, her name's Mocha Puff. Um, uh, I really like shooting with Goth Charlotte, Charlotte Charter. That was a really good time. Um, that was, you know, a really long time ago um, when I had just really started, like, getting my hands into everything. Um, well, Claudia Marie, that was a really, <laughs> really, like, positively, positively overwhelming, like, time because she's sort of like a legend, you know. Um, and all
1: of her work is ridiculously over the top.
2: Yeah, I know. That shit was crazy, dude. Right? Because, like, it was like so, I mean, it was...
1: listen, this is our first time chatting, but you seem like a yeah. very laid-back, chill individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Claudia Marie, like, it is... It's it's not even like a ten, it's like, you know, uh a hundred thousand the type of energy and the type of I mean her of... porn
2: is just funny. It's like yeah. super
1: funny. It is like, insanity in, in a like, good way. And, you know what and I'm
2: like, saying? And like I and like it's funny you mentioned that about me because like I remember when I was on set with them, like her husband is the one who shoots everything and I remember he was like giving me instructions on like how to on, like on like he was like giving me my lines. And he kept telling me that I wasn't being loud enough. He was like, you're just too chill. And I was like, yeah, dude, I don't know what to like, tell like, you, but like, that's just me. Yeah, and <clears throat> he was like, keep in mind, like, you're acting. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know what, you're probably right. But, like, yeah, I, I was, like, expected to just be shouting at her, but, like, I just, like, didn't. So, like, like in the footage, it's, like, funny because I'm sort of, like, whispering. <laughs> Which I think sort of works out because... I think it was pro- kind of. I think I think our team was probably one of the standout ones. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah, I don't know. I've shot with a lot of amazing people, but those are a few of them that sparked my mind when you asked me.
1: All right. Now, as yeah. far as you know, because I believe in manifestation, I believe in putting stuff out into the universe and uh, you know making it happen. Are there any performers that you haven't worked with that you are interested in working with in the future?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, hmm, that's a... Hmm. I'd really love to shoot um with Stoya. Very I'm actually not even sure I'm actually not even sure if she's still if she still performs, so Yeah, I don't I'm
1: not a hundred percent sure. Either but, like I don't so know yeah, if she has yeah, even no, like
2: an OnlyFans or anything. So has always been like one of my favorite performers, and mainly just because like her personality too, and like all the things that she does outside of the industry. I think she's like really intelligent, like inspirational. Um. Else? Yeah. Good questions. Um, That's right. I oh, I really want to work with Lotus Lane. So I oh, actually nice. met Lotus. I actually met Lotus, um, one of my first times at the upper floor, I, I guess she had like been in town shooting and like, we like met face to face and, um, she actually got to watch me perform like during the actual, the shoot and, um, we like linked after that and like have been like, you know, pretty distant, like friends ever since. but, um, yeah, she would be, she would be like a, honestly, um I respect a lot of just like legendary um performers too and and like I guess i I'll categorize like a performer as legendary just based off their actions um outside of just purely shooting like i like I like a lot of these performers who are actively like a part of the community and like really grinding towards making it a better safer like like industry for everybody. You know, like, these people do a lot of work outside of just, like, getting their money, and I really, something I really admire and appreciate, Um, you know, as far as just, like, ending stigmas and things like that, too, and, like, harm reduction and things like this. Um, I think shooting with a Kazumi would be fun. I'm trying to
1: think. I, I don't know if you've worked with them before. I don't have like a list of everyone you've worked with in front of me right now. But I think if you haven't, you with jet setting Jasmine and King Noir.
2: Uh, yeah, King Noir is a fucking G. Um just based off like what I what I know about him. Like I've like looked him up before and I know that he is like a really like awesome, like history, even before porn and just like social activism and things like that. I know he's like a musician. I think he's so dope, really. Um, and is the other person, is that, is that his wife? Yes. Jet setting Jasmine. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That would be, that would be awesome too. For sure.
1: Yeah, totally. I could see magic happening there. So, um, Mm -hmm. hopefully it ends up happening at some point. You uh, mentioned, sort of, you sort of alluded to the fact that, you know, when you got into the industry, you know, you did ask for advice and that sort of thing from people that were established. Mm -hmm. So, I'm kind of Mm -hmm. curious to ask you, who are some individuals in the industry that you look up to? Are there any performers in the business that inspire you in your craft?
2: One of the first um like actual male performers that i had any really like productive discourse with was mickey mod um nice he is awesome yeah so i met mickey mod like the very first time i was at kink.com like at the upper floor he was performing one night and i honestly don't even remember how we start, how we began talking it was like during one of the breaks and like i think mean, he like i don't know asked me for a lighter or something, I don't know, and, like, he was just, like, a very, like, mellow, like, humble, just, like, really sweet individual, and, like, and like I had told him that, like, I had interest, and, like, I had applied to uh, become a performer, and, like, you know, he's, like, he's, like, like, taking time out of his day to, like, meet with me in public, and just, like, you know, just, like, give me the deets, and just, like, show me the ropes, and things like that, um, you know, and he's like for what I understand like a really busy dude, so but yeah, he he's definitely one of the people that come to mind. Um, just as a really general just like awesome person. I even still see him around sometimes. Um, Lucy Hart too is another influential performer. Um, even like back when Lucy was going by Lance, um Another just, like, very um, supportive, like, community person Um, literally, like, has, like, given away just, like, a bunch of information, like, for free on how performers can just, like, be successful independently. Those are just, like, qualities and people that I value a lot. Really just open and humble and, like, you know, isn't too good to, like, you know, just, like, give you game, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I could probably keep going. There's so many amazing people.
1: I like that list, though. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Are there any misconceptions or myths about adult performers that you would like to dispel?
2: Um, I think there's, like, you know, there's, like, the obvious ones that performers, like, people who end up in porn... Typically come from just like abusive backgrounds and environments and experiences. That's not true at all. I literally was just like some married who I like, grew up very like normal. Uh, um, I think that I think that people may have a misconception that we're all just like super power sex robots. Um, which absolutely isn't true. Um, we have just regular, normal sex lives like everybody else. <laughs> I'm actually like even be a little bit more mundane than theirs because most of the time when we're having sex, it's for work and it's like a performance. Um, yeah, those are the two that come to mind.
1: Is there an aspect of the industry that you do not enjoy?
2: Um. I think maybe, like, the inconsistency of work. But I really, I understand that that's literally just reflective of, like, the economy. so there's always going to be ups and downs. Um, And I do wish that, like, the industry was, I I think it could be better as far as as inclusion and um, just, like, general respect and and support for everybody. Um, I feel like there's, like, a lot of unnecessary, like, like um, like competition, which kind of bums me out, especially like in the male performance space, because you know there's only so many of us, and we have to compete really, really hard to get like consistent work and um I don't know there's there's definitely a lot of drama for sure,
1: yeah, that is very true, that's something i've I've sort of continuously heard over the years, uh, over the decade and a half that I've been uh, interviewing performers. Uh, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that I've ever been told is sort of that the industry is kind of an extension of high school. You know, there's oh, yeah, flicks sure. and drama and uh, mess, which you know you wouldn't necessarily think about as an outsider looking in, but... Yeah, and and the one thing that you sort of mentioned that's interesting is, because um, I was talking to another performer about this recently, is the industry. You know, I mean, it's the sex industry, um, so you would think that the industry would be incredibly sex positive, but I mean, mm. it's really slowly been chugging along in that direction. Um, It hasn't always been that way. And I I feel like over the past couple of years, you know, the, the concept of, like, crossover stars and that sort of thing, it hasn't been as taboo as it had been when I first started interviewing performers. I feel like some of those barriers have been breaking down a little bit. It's sort of like a slow chug, but it, but it seems to be chugging in a much more sex positive direction
2: than it had been in the past. Yeah, I think a lot of the veterans of the crossover side of male performers have become more vocal. And I think that has a lot to do with like the rise of independent work. And, um, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, have like more freedom to shoot independently and, um, you know, sort of capitalize more independently. And I also think the reason why the barriers are changing a little bit is because porn has just become way more accessible than it's ever been and a lot of different types of people are getting in the industry and um a lot of like the conventional like I guess performer standards are just organically just changing. There's really no way there's really no way around it, you know?
0: No, that's totally
2: um, I, think, true. I, I think, I think, I mean, you mentioned how crossover porn is less taboo now, but I think that porn generally is just becoming less taboo. You know, a lot of just, like, regular people are just, like, taking liking to it and, like, dabbing in it now, which can be good or bad. I don't really know. I'm kind of indifferent on that. But, um, I think it, I think it, I think it is positive that it's becoming a little, it's becoming a little bit more normalized. But, yeah, um. You know, you can even say the same about um, transgender performers, too, and, like, trans porn. I kind of think trans porn is kind of taking over the world, and it's pretty often to see. Um, and, you know, there's clearly going to be a lot more crossover action in that world. And, um, yeah, so I I just think it's, like, the sign of it, like signs of the times. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel
1: like as our sort of, like, collective consciousnesses are evolving in regards to understanding not just, you know, differences in sexuality, but also, you know, gender expression and gender period, uh, I think because, you know, we as a society have been, you know, uh, much more evolved uh, or at least I mean we're I mean I'm not, I'm not going to speak for everybody because there are still you know factions of, of people that don't want to understand but because the majority is really you know taking the time to understand sexuality and gender it's interesting how that's kind of bleeding into the industry which is really nice to see you know the acceptance and uh, the amount of, um, of uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, um, uh, just the fact that the industry has become much more sex positive and they seem to be embracing how we sort of like view sexuality and gender in the year 2023 is, is really refreshing. I don't know if you'd agree.
2: I would agree. I also think it's because two people just just gotten tired of the same old like routines when it came right like, when it when it or the same old like tradition or just like uh expectations and standards of like pornography like it's like it, i just think it's becoming more inclusive to lots of different walks of life too like you know um i mean when you when you think about just like what porn like traditional like con- like uh conventional porn it's like the same it's just like a super buff this guy and then like a small like bimbo like chick like in a she's shooting in a fucking mansion like you know just like completely unrealistic you know and i think a lot of people understand that um younger folks have always used like i mean i guess maybe unconsciously use like pornography like that as sex education and how that's something that I don't know. Something that we can't really control like as a culture. Like 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 younger people watch porn for the first time without having any kind of sexual experiences and so they, they try to apply that to real life and that's not really healthy or safe for anybody. So I think people are thinking about that now when it's when it's time to make these productions. You know? That's why I I've all I've like noticed the rise in this I guess what 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 is then branded as like feminist porn and queer porn, it's a lot more realistic. Um, You know, I think people are like normalizing, like um, keeping like bloopers in in the shots and not editing them out. And like, you know, where where people are like verbalizing consent. And then like, let's say someone like, like mistakenly oversteps a boundary on camera and like they'll expose the the actual like, like um, the engagement there where it's acknowledged and people are correcting themselves and then the shoot continues, like, I don't know if uh making much sense, but, yeah, those, those are just, like, changes I've noticed when it comes to a lot of, like, newer productions.
1: Totally, yes, I really like that. Yeah. I like that insight.
2: Yeah, I don't know, these are just things I think about.
1: I like it. So, uh, well, I guess we're sort of talking about serious stuff. I was about to say let's shift shift gears and let's talk about some of the serious stuff in the industry, but we already have been doing that. So, I want to get your take on this. As a BIPOC performer in the industry, have you ever felt any racism, discrimination, or microaggressions directed
2: at you? Uh, thankfully, not. Yeah, thankfully, I have not. Um, and I, I and I think it just. Like I'm fortunate because of like the type of circles that I run in. Well that's just like those are those are those are boundaries that are taken really seriously, you know. Like I haven't I haven't really shot for so many like you know, super, like old school like uh like hardcore like production sites. But um yeah, all of my experiences have, have been pretty positive. As far as that, I've never, I've never experienced any discrimination, but I know lots of people who have, you know, I've heard all the horror stories. I'm just, like, grateful that I haven't, been, I haven't fallen victim to anything like that.
1: Totally, yeah, absolutely. Trust me, I've been interviewing performers for a moment, and I've heard all of the stories as well, so it's, it's nice to hear yeah. that you're, I,
3: hmm
2: Oh, I, I was just going to say, I just think that, I think a lot of these, a lot of these companies are, like, starting to be held accountable and, like, having their feet held as a fire a lot more than they ever have before, too. Like, there's there's sort of, there's sort of, I've, like, noticed sort of, like, a 0 tolerance, like, policy that didn't exist, like, prior, you know?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I I do feel like, I think, you know, sort of, like, post- you know, what happened in in 2020 where the uh, mainstream entertainment industry sort of had a bit of an awakening. I feel like the adult industry has slowly been having an an awakening as well in regards to race and its treatment of, uh, you know, black performers, uh, but not just black performers, but just performers of color in general.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, and... You know, I think social media has a lot to do with um, these things being combated, you know. Totally, um,
1: yeah, people are much people, more, feel yeah. like they have a voice, and then they can yeah. speak up and, and address, you know, yeah. the issues. Super the yeah,
2: super ruthlessly, for sure.
1: So, we discussed a little bit about your work with kink.com, so let's let's shift gears and let's chat a little bit about fetish play. You mentioned that prior to, like, getting that invitation and, uh, you know, just being a voyeur at the upper floor, you hadn't really thought about fetishes? Like, you didn't really view porn that sort of delved into fetish play, so... After working with Kink and after, you know, experiencing what you experienced as a voyeur and having your eyes sort of opened in regards to that arena, personally, do you get into fetish play? What are you into? What are some of your fetishes? How would you describe a fetish?
2: Um, (laughs) You know, to be honest, like, in, like, my personal life, like, my, my sex life is, like, pretty vanilla, I'm not even going to lie. And, like, any time that I really did, like, happen to do, like, a BDSM fetish shoot, I was just following a script. Um,
3: okay.
2: it, it it always, it always, it always, like, that world always really did intimidate me, and it still sort of does it this day, because um, you have to be, I, I don't know, I, I feel like you have to be, uh, you have to be very, very careful and you have to be really, you have to have, you, you have to educate yourself on how to, like, dwell in sort of, like, that area. And so, um, I've only really, I've really, really chosen to explore um, things like that with people who are experienced and that could teach me things. You know, I'm not a pro in any way. So, um, yeah. Um, do I have any fetishes? Uh, aside from just, like, really beautiful people, not really. Um, I, 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 really like, I really like to listen and learn.
1: Let's talk about your content. Let's talk about the content mm-hmm. that you produce and that you release via your OnlyFans and your many vids. Uh, what type mm-hmm. of content can the listeners expect to see on both avenues?
2: Um, very, like, sensual and pretty, uh, boy-girl content, um, just imagine, like, yourself having an afternoon hookup with, um, the crush of your dreams, um, meeting for the first time or a long-distance lover and you haven't seen each other in months and it's, like, very exciting and passionate and, like, hot and, like, heated um and like playful really beautiful um just like a memory to be had i like that
1: how often do you update mm-hmm. how often do you update how often do you release content
2: like every 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 month at least a few times a month lately I, i've been like busy um with like athletics and things like that but yeah often enough for me at least for my speed
1: mm-hmm. totally yeah. What type of content, or I guess in general, what I'm trying to ask is, um, what do you what can the listeners expect from you you know in the near future in regards to your content? like is there anything in particular that you want to try out <laughs> that you know it's something that you haven't shot before that you might be interested in shooting in this coming year? or are, are there any ideas that you have that you haven't been able? to um, fulfill as, you know, a, a produced scene for either your OnlyFans or your many bids?
2: I honestly really want to focus on being behind the camera full time, eventually. Um, I really want to perfect just, like, shooting other people. Like like I said, I started just as a voyeur, and I think I'll, I think I'll always be a voyeur at heart. Um, I really want to shoot just as many people as I can um, of all walks of life Um, uh, yeah like I would love to produce like I would love to produce like a really intense like really beautiful like like full volume just like the copy scene you know Completely produced by me. Um, I really want to figure out how to how to make like outdoor content more interesting because um, I feel like I feel like shooting things outdoors is really really hard to do, mainly because like a lot of it is pretty generic and looks the same. I feel like that's why it, that's what makes it hard. It's sort of just like landscape photography I feel like is really hard to do because it's hard to make it inter- interesting. I just want to challenge myself as much as I can. And when yeah. it comes
1: to you directing, are you focusing on a specific genre or pretty much, you know, any and everyone
2: will be who you shoot? It would be any and everyone who I shoot, but I think just the genre would would be, like, akin to the same, like, just, like, very artistic and cinematic, and I I want there to be just, like, uh, very, like, specific, like, almost, like, soap opera, like, narratives. like, I've been, I've been, I do a lot of media studies, like, that, that does, like, influence, like, my shooting style and my porn, like, I've been reading a lot of, um, like, classic like, novellas, and, um, yeah, I just think those stories are just like so interesting and like really like overly dramatic and intense. Um, like I watch a lot of Lifetime movies,
0: <laughs> oh, great. like
2: mainly for mainly like mainly for the media study. And I it, like I feel like I feel like I feel like Lifetime movies they would make amazing porns. They would make amazing porns. Like if they if they if they added just like the sex factor. Like, they would just be, like, it, like incredible. Like, they would win all the awards, I swear to God. Like, like I mean, if someone's not working on that already, it's going to happen eventually. Like, I just think it's such an obvious idea. But, uh, yeah. Just, yeah. So, just, you know, steady, steadily just grind, grinding on this, like, creation, just being as creative as I possibly can, you know, focusing on getting grants in order to shoot, um, you know, hopefully eventually, like, uh, creating my own production company, having a really amazing, positive team, um, completely ethical, you know, um, but I mean, as as far as, like, me performing, like, it's pretty straightforward, um, I think I, I think I, I think I really have everything down pat as far as, like, my identity when it comes to performing and, like, um, my performance style. I'm like very, very comfortable with after like a long time of trial and error. Like, I, I, think, I think I like found like my niche. So, yeah.
1: So let's shift gears again, and now it's time for the big question—a question that I'm sure a lot of your fans and those that have viewed your scenes might be curious to know: How much is chorus packing?
2: Uh, I think I'm like. Nine, ten inches or something like that. I think, like, around 9, like, maybe, like, in the middle, 9 to 10. Yeah, I never really measured.
1: Do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent pop for the pop shot?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I stay very hydrated, um, lots of lean protein. See, like these are the tricks I had to learn from like older people when I was when I was starting out. And it's pretty amazing, um, how much like you don't actually really know about your body. Um, the human body's pretty amazing. We do a lot of amazing things. But um, yeah, I mean I really had to like like clean up like my just like my routine, like day to day um, living a more active and healthier lifestyle. I mean, I've always been super active, just not very consciously active, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, I. But I think, like, the three main things is, like, things, uh, you know, prioritizing rest and sleep, downtime, things like that. Um, exercise. Um, lifting weights definitely um, helps with that. Um, and uh, just not being an idiot the night before you know. <laughs> That's
1: understandable. In a scene, yeah. where is your favorite place to shoot your load?
2: I like giving facials. That's, like, you know, classic. Um, I like giving facials. I like coming on um, butt cheeks. Um, yeah. The pers- If the person is on the receiving end, like, I, you know, definitely appreciate a swallow, but, you know, I kinda I kinda really leave it up to the person receiving, you know. Like that's something I always like try to solidify and get checked off before we even shoot. Like, how do you want to end this, you know? Mm-hmm. Also like I I will I will mention this too, like when I am when I am self producing with another team partner, like I always make sure we compromise on every single every single part of the process of shooting, like every single thing. Like every 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 position, um, the length of each position, and, of course, like where to finish. Um, yeah.
1: I like that. It's very collaborative.
2: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I always feel very fortunate whenever I get the opportunity to shoot with somebody. So it's more like they're dragging me a favor. So I try to make it, like, as reciprocal and, and beneficial to them on their end. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I want everybody to feel good, you know at the end of it, so it needs to be it needs to be just equally beneficial, so, yeah, you mentioned positions. I'm curious
1: to ask, do you have a favorite position that you enjoy capturing on film?
2: Oh, good question um, My favorite to capture on film is reverse cowgirl um camera leaning inward like 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 facing 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 the person who's riding me and um my head being in frame and like they're they're literally just hopping really really intensely on top that's one of my favorite ones because it took me so long to figure out how to shoot that perfectly and I finally got it down I have the whole strategy behind it and like and I mean shooting it perfectly as in like Capturing every single movement and keeping everything in frame, especially like when I'm doing with like faulty cameras or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, I love shooting that. Um, I like. I think. I think shooting doggies really is really fun because it's also kind of tricky to shoot perfectly. get like the right angle. I think. I think. I think if facials are shot like perfectly, they're just like literally like just like priceless. Like, because I feel like it's really it's it's not easy to really uh, capture those the best that they possibly can each time. So, yeah.
1: Let's talk about your tattoos, because anybody yeah. with eyes uh, can mm-hmm. see you have <clears throat> your your body is a canvas. There are a mm-hmm. lot of tattoos. How many tattoos do you have? What was your first tattoo, and what has been your most recent tattoo? And there's a lot of questions about tattoos. Um, and are there plans for more?
2: Um, so how many? I have uh, a lot. Um, um, no shit. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't counted. I mean, I can try real quick. Okay. You just ballpark it and say like I have like maybe fifty or sixty, because I I I have like wait fifty
1: or sixty or fifteen or sixteen. I don't know fifty or sixty. Fifty or sixty tattoos. Yeah, you can
2: just yeah, and like you know some of them count as like you know big like just like really big pieces, even though like I did get them incrementally, but. There's definitely plans for more because there's still pieces that I haven't finished. Mm-hmm. And the first one I got, the first one I got was the beginning of my um, my sleeve on my left arm, and it was, and it's a um, it's a lotus flower that's red. And I don't know, it was my first tattoo. I didn't really plan on getting a sleeve, it sort of just happened over time because I kind of got addicted to getting tattoos. I believe
1: that. And what has been your most recent one?
2: Uh, I think it was the giant butterfly on my back. All right.
1: And plans for more?
2: Yeah, I have to finish, I have to finish my back piece, and I gotta, I gotta start on my legs too, So, yeah, I'm like not, I'm not done yet. I can't wait until I'm finished, though.
1: Right? I mean, you still do have a blank canvas. As many tattoos as you have, I mean, there's still, there are areas
2: left. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like every single part of me is tattooed but like a lot of them are just like they need to get they need to get filled in, you know, mm-hmm. I need You know what I mean? And that's how it starts. It's just like, you know, one just isn't really enough and like, you know, the little negative spaces start to look awkward. So Yeah, I don't know.
1: Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something <laughs> unique about chorus.
2: Um, I like roller skating.
1: Nice with the uh, the four wheels or the blade.
2: Yeah, four wheels. So the quad skate.
1: Okay, like I, the OG skating.
2: I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I get my cardio in. Nice. <laughs> I like roller skating, and I like, I like, I like playing chess. And uh, my favorite color is periwinkle. That's so specific. Yeah. It's just the color of the sky at like six AM. Nice.
1: I'm a fan yeah. of blue as well, but I I love all shades of blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Describe yourself in ten <laughs> words or less.
2: Uh orderly, responsible, respectful, um integral. Uh reliable honest, organized, um, humble, uh, imperfect, native. How many I got left?
1: I think that was it. That was 10.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Yes. So, as we start wrapping things up, I have this list of sort of pop culture oriented questions. They're designed Mm -hmm. to allow your fans to get to know some of your favorites. So, the first Mm -hmm. question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television
2: shows? Television shows? uh, I really like Degrassi. Uh, Degrassi next generation so uh yeah mm. i like euphoria a lot which i think is just like the newer more of adult adulterated version of degrassi mm-hmm. um i don't watch a lot of tv so i'm just thinking about the shows that i used to watch um I liked Martin. Martin was great. <laughs> A classic, yes. Yeah. Um, um What was that show with um what was that show with Brandy? Moesha. Money Moesha, yeah, Moesha. That show was awesome. Um yeah, like, you know, all those black sitcoms for show. Um so what that was for. Yes. Okay. Anything else that horn? Uh, oh, I was super, super into weeds in high school. I was super into weeds. That was like I think that was like the last actual like like binge like show that I like watched for sure.
1: <laughs> Who are four of your all time favorite music artists?
2: Okay. Um Bjork would be number one. Uh, Shade, you number know two. There's a band out of uh, Omaha, Nebraska called Cursive. Number three, number four. Who is number four? This is hard. Um, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> like four is just such a narrow. Like I could. Oh. Well,
1: there's a reason. We're going uh, five, four, three, two,
2: one. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll say say The Cranberries. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: What are three of your most favorite films?
2: Number one would be Foxfire. Number two would be uh, Light It Up. Number three would be uh, Wild Things.
1: Wow, okay. That's a classic right there.
2: hmm <laughs> Yes.
1: What are two foods you can't live
2: without? Salmon and arugula.
1: I like it. And that's a meal right there.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but, like, I can literally have, like, those two ingredients every day for the rest of my life and I won't complain.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if, if we're really thinking about it, I mean, salmon as well as just fish in general, it's, it's so versatile. I mean, you can... Mm-hmm. I mean, it really sucks up whatever herbs and spices you put on it. So, I mean, it can mm-hmm. taste differently every single day.
2: Yeah, and it's just, you know, yeah. it tastes super It's just like generally healing. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. And mm-hmm. what is one of your guilty pleasures?
2: Uh, guilty pleasures. Oh. You know what? I, I kind of lied about TV. I watch a lot of like trash ass shit, like Maury and Dr. Phil. I just can't help it. That's a guilty pleasure. Like I'll, like <laughs> I'll, I'll turn that shit, I'll, I'll turn that shit on during the day, like when I'm just in the house. Like it's just the drama, dude. Like, uh, dude. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's hilarious.
1: You're such an artist and such an intellectual, but yet you're watching <laughs> Maury and Dr. Phil. Yeah. Cash me outside. Yeah. How about that?
2: All, all like all day. I can literally watch that shit all day. Like. <laughs> you are not the father. Exactly. Or like uh what's that called Uh George John Mathis or whatever the fuck. Like <laughs> <or> <laughs> Judge, Judge, Judge John Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> mhm. All the judges.
2: Yeah, classic just like yeah, so it's like watching like classic, like trash ass American television. Like it's just yeah.
1: All right. That's I think your that's probably
2: pleasure. The most, that's probably the most embarrassing
1: thing. Yep. <laughs> yes. So, the next question that I usually ask is, "What are you currently binging?" You did reference that you don't really watch TV, but, but is there anything? <laughs> is there anything on a streaming service? Is there anything that you're currently oh, binging? Yes.
2: I mean, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, like I I've I've been watching a lot of Lifetime movies. Like, so if you have Amazon Prime. This is so crazy. Like, they have this, they have this like, portal in Amazon Prime called Lifetime Movie Club. It's, like, the corniest thing ever. And, like, they just have this, like, the entire archive of, like, Lifetime movies. And, like, they're just, the movies are just so shitty but, like, amazing at the same time. They're, like, very, very short. And they're, like, kind of, like, all the same. Like, just, like, over-the-top, like, dramatic, like, Danielle Steele novels. You know what I mean? So... I mean, I'll literally just, like, be at the house with my girlfriend, and, like, we'll just, like, be watching those on the TV, like, all day, and, like, they're completely addicting. And <laughs> the one thing I like about them the most is just the way that they're shot. I just think, like, technically they're just well done. Like, so, you know, like I said, like, I utilize things like that, like, for the media study. Aside from, like, television, like, I also binge a lot of chapbooks, like, poetry. Um, I'm addicted to buying, like, I have a huge, like, poetry like collection at my house and i'm always just like searching for like a bookstore um so yeah i have hundreds and hundreds of chapbooks like really really short just like almost like zines with just like random poetry i've been so like i always keep one in my bag whenever i'm out i'm always pulling it out yeah just those are sort of just like my escape
1: what's next for chorus da silva what's what's coming up what can the listeners uh, and your fans expect from you in the near
2: future. Continuing my creative endeavors and um, just becoming a better person day by day. Trying to be the best person I possibly can be for myself and everybody around me. Prioritizing I like that. prioritizing mental health and just being a responsible human being. Being a grown man, you know.
1: Totally, I love that. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as uh, if you want to drop your links on where they can find your content? Uh, this is your chance to do that right now.
2: Oh, yeah, so uh, Twitter.com slash ChorusTheSilva uh, OnlyFans.com slash um, oh, uh, dot com. I just made a fansly too, but I haven't started that one, but there'll be stuff on there, too, so fans wave at Call of the Silver, and I guess that's really it for that.
1: Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to yeah, say yeah. to your fans and supporters that are tuning in?
2: Um, if you tuned in, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. i very, very fortunate for, you know, Any opportunities that I get. So it means a lot to me. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. And I certainly want to thank you so much, Chorus, for doing the interview.
2: Yeah, for sure. No problem.
1: Definitely. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Before we go, here's our answer to remind you on how you can interact with us.
3: Thank you for downloading One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on -on one-on-one with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychuloradio.com slash, after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash, poppychulo one-on-one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash, poppychuloradio. Follow us on Twitter twitter.com slash radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you. Poppy Chulo.
1: Thanks, announcer. And with that, Chorus Da Silva and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners.
2: Good night, listeners.
0: Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.